Hello, and welcome to Your Living Autopsy, a podcast dedicated to helping you dig in and unpack what's going on within so you can live your very best life. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Ashlyn, and welcome back to Your Living Autopsy. If you're new to this podcast and have absolutely no freaking idea what a living autopsy is, I'd highly suggest you pause here and go back to episode one and two so you can get caught up. I wouldn't want you to miss any step in this process. Step two in our living autopsy is next of kin. In other words, we're going to spend our time today looking at the people in your life. So let's get right into it. Last week, we talked about who you are and how you and some of the people in your life might describe you. I asked you to get really honest with yourself and decide, or at least begin to decide, if the answers you got were the ones you wanted, if the answers you got were what you expected, if the answers you got were what you wanted to keep going with, or whether there was maybe something more you could add to that list. And we also talked about how we had to establish a baseline in order to move forward. In essence, figure out where we are so we can know where we're going. If you have those answers readily available, please grab them. It's always a good idea to have the previous steps notes handy. If you don't, that's okay. Just make sure you still have something to write on. Next of kin. If you Google autopsy, you won't find this as a step, but I think that's okay considering this is not an actual autopsy and all. And since we don't have access to Benson or Stabler right now, we're going to have to do some of their work too. And if you're asking who Benson and Stabler are, for the love of all things good, please find SVU and watch it. For our purposes and for our living autopsies, the term next of kin is not literal. It applies to every person in your world, past and present. It involves your family, back when you were growing up, up until today. Your extended family, the people who were like family. Your friends, your enemies, your romantic relationships, your schoolmates, your teachers, your teammates, your coaches, your coworkers, your bosses, and even your employees if you have them. Everyone falls into this category because everyone is important. Not necessarily the same amount of importance, but important just the same. All these people have had and are having an impact on you in some way. And so this episode is all about discovering the varying degrees of impact. We'll start with the biggies. If you have your phone near you, this might be a good way to narrow it down. Go to your contacts and find your favorites list. If you're like me, you have people you literally call or text the most right now. Write those people down in a vertical list with space in between each name, at least an inch or two. Order doesn't matter. There is no limit to how many people can be on this first list, but try to stick with the people you interface with or converse with the most often right now. Trust me, we'll get to everybody. Look at your list, scan it up and down, and then grab a pen for this next exercise. Of these people, who would you consider the most influential, directly or indirectly? Circle them. 
You can have more than one person circled, by the way. And then after you circle them, ask, why is that? Next to each person you circled, write down why it is that you feel this way. Don't think too much about it. This is just for you. Now go back to your list. Think about who is the most difficult. Draw a star to the left of that person or those people. And again, ask yourself, why is that? Write it down. Next, identify who is the most helpful and put a star to the right of that person or those people. And again, ask yourself why that is and write that down. You're starting to see a pattern. I'm always going to ask you a question, give you a symbol to put next to their name, right or left, and then I'm going to ask you why. Let's keep going. Back to your list again. Who is the most comforting? Put a check mark to the right of that person or people and write down why. Who is the least comforting? This time the check mark goes to the left of the name. Write down why. Back to your list. Who is the most understanding in this group? This time put a plus sign to the right of the name or names and write down why you think so. And then answer who is the least understanding and put a plus sign on the left with your explanation as to why. Last one. Who do you see the most? Put an X to the right of the name or names. Write down why and then ask yourself who you see the least and put an X to the left and write down why that is. If you feel like you just wrote a weird key for a graph or a map you'll never actually make, it's fine. I know I keep asking you to do this, but look at your list again. In terms of the little symbols, who do you notice has more than one? Look more closely at what they symbolized. And remember, anything on the right of the name is more in the positive category, and the left is more in the negative. And a circle means you consider that person significantly influential. So if you have someone circled, and then one or two of the symbols on the left, that's something to look at. If you have someone not circled, but they have all the right side symbols, that's also something to look at. Do you see what I mean? In this weird little exercise, you're giving yourself all this insight into your relationships with the most seen, talked to, worked with folks in your world right now. That's some great intel to have, don't you think? Say you have somebody on your list who is influential, difficult, not comforting, the least understanding, and you see that person all the dang time. Is that relationship the most helpful to you at this point in your life? I understand you might not have a choice of whether to actually be or not be with that person, say it be a parent or a boss or a life partner, but you could at least establish some boundaries. You could at least reassess that relationship in some way. Or say you have someone in your list who you considered less influential, but that person is also the least difficult, very comforting, and the most understanding, 
and you see and talk to that person little to none at all. Hello? Might you want to upgrade that status and make him or her more influential in your life? Who you surround yourself with is huge. It's so huge because it's real-time shaping you. When I used the word influential, I meant it. The people around you may get to influence you, but ultimately you get to dictate what all makes it into your heart. This exercise can be used for pretty much every person you know. If it were me, I would keep working my way out. So if the favorites were the core of your circle, think about what the next layer out would be. Maybe coworkers or schoolmates or teammates or employees or extended family, friends you're close with but just not connected at the hip to. People like that. And if you've been around for a while and have decades of life under your belt, you might have a layer for each of your decades, 20s, 30s, 40s, etc. Ask yourself who the most prevalent people were during that time. For everyone, I suggest the last layer is your childhood and adolescence, maybe early 20s if you have them. After this episode is over, or at some point this week, take some time to do the layers I just talked about. But let's do that last one together. The one about your childhood and adolescence. Why go back so far? Well, I would argue that a lot of who you are came from those early years. Because you were learning the most, growing the most, and trying on personalities the most. You were impressionable then, so it stands to reason that those people left a mark, whether it be positive or negative. Maybe you had a teacher who made you feel dumb or humiliated you during class, and to this day you struggle with the idea that you're smart enough or good enough. You also might have developed a chip on your shoulder for people in positions of authority. Or maybe the opposite. You had a teacher champion you and push you to see the edge of your aptitude. And so you excelled and took risks and became pretty darn successful. And while we're talking about examples, I don't want to forget to mention that this list of people in your childhood could also include people from your favorites list. Your parent, parent figure, sibling, anyone who's been steadily present in your life. Add them to this list as well. I know plenty of people whose parents are fairly different now than they were back then, whether it be an alcoholic who got sober or a hands-on parent who peaced out at some point and never returned. If this applies to you, Adam. Because this one is a while ago in your past, it might take a little bit more time to think about. It helped me to go back through old pictures and almost put myself into those time periods again. I'm going to keep talking, but feel free to pause and come back with your list when you're ready. This list should look like the first one you made. You know, the one of your favorites. But what we're going to do with this one is a tad bit different. That way you have a choice of what type of exercise you want to do with the layers when you do them later on. Okay, look at your list. Next to each person, write a couple words describing what you remember about them. For instance, you could write Miss Kathy. She happened to be my dance teacher from age 7 to 18. Next to her name, I would write these words. 
second home pushed me, made me feel like I could do anything. Another person I would write down is Mrs. Milam, my honors English teacher, junior year of high school. She told me once that I was going to keep getting low A's and B's if I kept writing like I was, which was a little bit more creative than essay. I asked her what I should do. Right then, she had the power to tell me to write differently, to write how she wanted me to. But she didn't. She said, Well, let's be honest, Ashlyn. You're not going to be a scholar. And next year, you'll have to learn how the next teacher wants you to write, and so on. So if you're okay with the grades, I say stick with your style. This was a game changer for me. So for Mrs. Milam, I would write, best kind of teacher, honest, encouraging. I think you get the gist. Remember, this list can have anyone in your life who you recall having an impact, negative or positive. I'm giving you some of my positive examples, so I'm not sitting here bashing people on a podcast. <laughs> but yours need to be both kinds. No one is going to read this, so write it all down. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you don't get it all out, it won't come out or stay out. Next step. You have a few words or phrases next to each person in your list. Go back through, but this time try to tie those words to a quality you possess to this day because of that person. Taking my examples, I would write next to Mrs. Kathy, the dance teacher, that because she took me that because she took me under her wing, I got comfortable with my body and how important it was to be able to express myself. And next to Mrs. Milam, I would write that because she gave me an option to be myself in my writing, I found confidence in it and pursued it in a very real way, and I never second-guessed my style, but rather I leaned into it. After you get through all your names, it's time to look at the whole, just like we did with the first list. Are the negative impactors still impacting you to this day? Do you need to make some peace with it? Or find a way to forgive and start letting it go? Maybe you could establish some boundaries with those people, even if it's just done on your end. And what about the positive ones? Might you look them up or write them a thank you card or send an email or a social media message? Might you want more of that kind of person in your life? Or maybe you just want to dwell on how great that person was and find a way to be that kind of person for someone else. It's really all up to you. Like I said earlier, people can influence you all they want, but ultimately it's your call if you let it stick around and keep influencing you. If you want to go ahead and make the list of all your other layers, please go for it. And maybe try to get through those lists and those layers by the time we meet again. Next week, we're going to talk about outerwear. Before I go, I want to thank my dad, Dan Huff, because he created the music for this podcast, and it's awesome. And I also want to remind you that I would love to see you join us for our mini course on getting unstuck, coming up on Zoom. For more information on the time, head on over to howtomoveonandbehappy.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're getting something out of this, and I know it will only get more interesting in our next step. Until then, I'm Ashlyn, and this is Your Living Autopsy. And remember... 
today is done, but tomorrow is up for grabs. You got this.